Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Who's team Here we go, here we go. Andrew Mason out at the uh, Combine in Indy. In fact, he's going to join us a little over an hour from now. Give us his observations of what he heard from uh, both George Payton and Sean Payton. He writes at denversports.com about how Payton oozing confidence that the uh, Broncos QB evaluation process will find the uh, right answer. Yeah, this is... uh, this is the quote that, that jumped out at me from Peyton yesterday. Sometimes it's not as difficult as we make it out to be. And then sometimes, listen, it, it's very difficult. And so um, I think I think we'll be really good at this. Um, and I think to some degree, we're glad that a lot of people aren't. Oh, that's full. Well, we're smarter than you. Yeah, it's global, Jim. We're, well, we're better than you when we know it. And we're not going to be, we're not going to fall the victim to desperation. You know, the, 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 the folks out there that don't like Sean, they're just going to use this as added oh, yeah. ammo that you see, look at him, he's arrogant, cocky. Right. But Can't what, stand him. You know what he's saying? Desperation is a bad evaluator. When you're desperate, it makes for really piss poor evaluation because <laughs> you'll talk yourself just about into anything. Desperation's a horrible evaluator. So why do you think, where does this confidence come from? Where does this arrogance come from? This belief that, yeah, he, because, we, we'll do it better well, than others will and we're counting on because it. Because we're not chasing athleticism. We're not chasing generational talent. I don't know how many times I've heard that. I mean, to sit here, like, to sit here, if you're a draft guru or draft Nick, and say that, you know, so-and-so's got generational talent. And, man, whether it's Drake May or whoever, and you're watching that film, you, got, you don't know what you're looking at. You know I mean, you're looking at athleticism. That's all you could be looking at is athleticism. By the way, what kind of feedback did you get on social media yesterday uh, when it was reposted how you said, you would rather re-sign Drew Locke than draft Drake May. Um, no, I mean, I've gotten a lot on the text line here today about, you know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, that's and then, a terrible idea. And then, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Charles, thank you yeah. for weighing in. Yeah, which is, I mean, which is fine. I don't, I don't have any problem with people disagreeing, but the people that disagree with me have not looked at anything. Dude, dude, dude completed 63% of his passes in college football. Now, remember, 80% of the throws are bubble screens and underneath throws, one-on-ones. Yeah, if you're not completing at least 70% of your passes in college, what's wrong with you? And the way the college football structure works, inaccurate, underneath, intermediate throws. No thanks. Mace writes about uh, Peyton. Quote, while the Broncos head coach has developed a stellar QB from the undrafted ranks and succeeded with reclamation projects, 
He hasn't yet done so from what is historically the most fertile, albeit still imperfect, territory, the top half of the first round. By the way, Mel Kuyper with a uh, new mock draft. We'll get to that in in just a second. What does he see the Broncos doing? But uh, we roll on with the uh, Denver Sports front page. Well, here's why we know Russell Wilson is going to be gone here any, any moment. He posted a workout video. Mm. Oh, you know he's been itching to do that. Right. I bet you it is glorious. It is glorious. Yeah. It it, it actually is. It's really well done. Brandon Marshall is in it, who they did the podcast a little while ago, and they were working out, and B. Marsh is all sweating and like, oh, Russ, take it easy on me. You're killing me. And Russ just kind of walks by him, looks at him on the the ground like, you know, if he dies, he dies. Mm Mm-hmm. Come on, everybody. Come look how good I look. Russ looks great. Oh, yeah. Russ looks awesome. That's not... Yeah, that's... If it was just that, balls it took was workout videos. I know. But the Russ is one of the more fascinating athletes I've, I've ever seen come through this town because... You know, there's there's an element to his his public persona that is all you know. Hey, you know, uh, I love all my guys, and you know, Bolsey at le- left tackle, and Powers at left guard, and Cush at center. Oh man, oh, and the belly, wow, you know, quick, and then you know, let's ride, and uh, all that kind of stuff. There's this, there's this, uh, there's this innocence to the way he presents himself, and yet, especially with his team behind him, there is a cold precise, calculating side to him that is just kind of ruthless. And here he is. He's doing this podcast with Brandon Marshall and dropping a workout video while the scouting combine is going on. You think that's just a coincidence? I don't. That's like, hey, everybody, you know, you're looking for a quarterback? You're, you're there poking and prodding and all these young studs. Don't forget about me. Look at me. Yeah. Look at, look at what I'm doing. Yep. And I, by the way, I don't, I don't begrudge him. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a brilliant strategy. I think it's very smart. It's what he, it's what he does. But at, at what point does it become more of a hindrance than a help? Because I'll it's stop. not. Well, I mean, it, like everybody is getting to the to the understanding that hey, man, you don't process very well, and some of your deficiencies were really hidden in Seattle, and. Those deficiencies have been exposed since your time in Denver and toward the end of your time in Seattle. And therefore, you can't mask it with a workout video. Actually, I disagree. I think you can. Because what does this workout show? It shows that he's he's in shape. He's lean. He's explosive. He's as athletic as he was when? In his Seattle days. And it'd be easy for people to look at that and say, okay, yeah, maybe during his time in Denver, he showed that we can't let Russ cook. Right. But if you get him in the right situation, like his Seattle days, hey, look at the video. This guy is still a world-class athlete. And he certainly comes across like one in the video. Well, there's, like, I've said this, and I'll stay consistent with this. It's not that when I when I heard people say, well, he can no longer do what he does because he's not the athlete that he once was, I always squelch that. Nah, it's not athleticism. 
His athleticism is plenty good enough to continue to operate and do some things. Now you're going to get caught off the edge. Maybe the athleticism of the defensive ends in this league and some of the edge players has increased dramatically to where you can't run away from some of those guys. I'll give you that. That I will give you. But it wasn't the athleticism necessarily that has derailed his career here. It, it It's his inability to do things you're required to do. Like Sean Payton said, to win consistently from the pocket. Mm-hmm. That's why That's why Russ will not be here. No, that you're, you're correct. But you have said it, and there are plenty of, of Russ supporters out there who, and this is locally and nationally, have said, in the right situation, with the right kind of system, and if you play and coach to his strengths, he can still play at a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. Dropping a video like this, plus he just loves to do it. No. Oh, oh and, and you know, ever since Sean took over and oh, need yeah. more anonymous donors, the videos went away, right? They do it, they went away immediately. Right. They went away immediately. He was just he was just paying his team to sit around and so he probably could put content out for days, oh, weeks, he's months. Been, he's been it's been pent up for a year right. now. They got a whole Ooh. load of content. Uh Will Peterson writing at Denver Sports uh about the accomplishment of one Kale McCarr. All hail Kale. As uh, he became the highest-scoring defenseman in Avalanche franchise history last night, as he had an assist, gives him 308 career points. Can you name the other four defensemen? Here's a little trivia question out there. All right, right. everybody play along. Don't look it up. Okay. Play along with Mark. Okay. Can you name the other four defensemen in the uh, top five all-time scoring Avalanche defensemen? Avalanche defenseman. Defenseman. Um, and well, you don't have to, get, you don't have to get him in order. So we knew it was Tyson Barry. Barry's one. Tyson Barry's one. You get one. the other three. Uh, no particular order. Footer played here forever. Footer. Footer's on that list. Okay. That glorious schnoz. Oh, my gosh. That right? thing was. That thing was. Two more. You got Barry. You got Foot. Two more. Oh, man. Um, didn't be Blake, would it? No. Nope. He wasn't long enough. Certainly not Borg. Nope. Although he is. He's the Messiah. Yeah, he is the Messiah. Keep uh, going. No, it wasn't John Clem. Sorry. Hmm. The Wandering Latvian. There's your hint. You'll never get that. No, I don't. No I, chance. No chance. Sandus Ozelinch. And then the wine connoisseur himself. Does a great job on the Altitude broadcast. JML. John Michael Lyles. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Actually, Lyles is... Uh, John Michael Lyles. John Lyles was second before Kale McCarr came along. It was uh, Tyson Berry and then John Michael Lyles. And then Foot Ozilich. But Kale McCarr has uh, passed them all. So congratulations to Kale. At 25... John Michael Lyles. That sounds like a uh, child actor's name. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they always have to throw their second, their, yeah. their middle name in there. Yeah. He was like Tim Allen's kid on Home Improvement. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think one of those sons just got in trouble recently. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we won't won't dwell on that. But yeah. congratulations to uh, Kale McCarr. And at age 25, oh, my goodness. He is, it is scary to think uh, where this guy could end up. And, and I don't think it's a stretch. I do not think it's a stretch that when it's all said and done, remember, he's 25, uh, defenseman age typically can age real gracefully in this league. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to the point where you're playing deep into your 30s. If if you're looking at this guy just for, let's say, another 12 years. My goodness. Think about that. Think about what, forget about the Az record book. It's, it's just going to be yeah. out of sight, out of mind. But will he, will he be considered one of, if not the, the greatest defenseman of all time? I don't think it's a... How many? I don't think it's a stretch. How many? Have that conversation. So he's got 300 what What points? 308. 308 over. Uh, you're asking me. Uh, over five seasons, which is about, what, 70, 75 points a season? Yeah. Somewhere in there? Yeah. So you add just another 10 years, that'd be another 750, right? Yeah. On top of his 300, he'd have over 1,000. If he just had another ten years to his career at the at the pace that he's on, well, he's he's actually he might even have to pick up that pace. Uh, if you look at the all time leading defenseman for points, okay, mm. so Kale's at age twenty five and is three hundred eight. Okay, uh, Bork is all time Borky with uh, one thousand five hundred seventy nine. Okay, fifteen seventy nine. Paul Coffey fifteen thirty one. Okay, fifteen thirty one. Al McKinnis at twelve seventy four, big drop off. Uh-huh. Phil Housley at twelve thirty two, uh, Larry Murphy at twelve seventeen, and then um, the only other defensemen above a thousand are uh, Nicholas Lidstrom, Dennis Potvin, and, and Brian Leach. Wow! So fifteen seventy nine. Fifteen seventy nine. But Borky played like twenty years, right? So if he played, but if he played, so if he played another, if he played. Well, I say another ten would be that would be fifteen years. He's still got time left in this season, yeah. though. So it's not going to be it's not going to end at three oh eight. At the end of this season, you're going to be theoretically you should be about three twenty, right? But here here he is five years in, and and we've all been impressed by by Kale, right? And and what he's done, mm-hmm. and three hundred eight is is impressive. It's amazing, right? And then you realize three hundred eight. And the leader's fifteen seventy nine. Yeah, you're still so, you're still almost thirteen hundred short. Yeah, but it's still it's impressive what he's done. Guy is awesome. There's no question. And you feel like you're going to get another decade at least out of him. Oh yeah, he's going to be up there. Oh yeah. Kill there you go. By mm-hmm. the way, can I squelch this uprising really quick? What uprising? I knew I was going to get this. There's an uprising. Well, you said, you know, we were talking about Drake maybe in a 63%. And, of course, you get the folks out there, Josh Allen was only 56% in college. And, okay, first off, let me just squash this uprising about Josh. And there were a lot of people that didn't like Josh Allen. I happen to like Josh Allen coming out of college. But a lot of people didn't. He played in Wyoming in Laramie, which is a wind tunnel. And he actually played in a pro-style offense coming out of Wyoming where they actually ran kind of NFL concepts. So you can take that, you know, thought process about Wyoming. Uh, and, and Oh, by the way, how many great receiving candidates can't wait to go to Wyoming to play football? <laughs> right, right. So I would just All say... All the top tight ends and wide right, receivers. Yeah. I just say pump your brakes on that whole, he was 56%. There are reasons. So... Try we have again. settled down just a little bit. Got a uh, brand new mock draft from Mel Kuyper. Mm. This is his second one. 
And I'm I'm just going to tell you in in advance that uh, this one kind of feels like Mel mailed it in. Really? Yeah. It, it, it kind of had an auto-draft feel to it. It kind of had a, a real, hey, this is the team's biggest need. Let's uh, give them this guy, especially at the quarterback position. Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> so it, it, it almost kind of felt like it was, hey, Mel, we need another mock. You got like seven of these before draft night. He's like, oh, okay, let me let me put one together. The, the, I'll, I'll tell you why I have a problem with it, but it, it's not so much the pick uh-huh. for the Broncos. It's how he described it, okay? Kay. Anyway, he's got Caleb Williams going to the Bears, number one. He's got Jaden Daniels leapfrogging mm. Drake May and going two to Washington. Can I, got, can I interrupt you right there? Yeah. Uh, the one thing, this is how it works, because it was on the first page, and you got to flip it over to the second page to finish the, you know, to finish the paragraph. And so I read this, and I'm reading along, and it says, I love Daniel's fit with new commander's offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, who will run a wide-open offense and put his quarterback in the best position to blank, right, because it's on the next page. And as soon as I best position, and I said to myself, to get sacked, and then I flipped <laughs> it over, I flipped it over, I go, oh, to succeed, uh-huh. really? Because, what, Cliff Kingsbury's had so many quarterbacks that have succeeded, he couldn't even win He couldn't even win 50% of his games with uh, – with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. Okay, yeah, whatever. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I so didn't let's get to, he has uh, New England taking Drake May, and then the next quarterback off the board he has going to the Broncos. And he has that quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. Now, I don't have a problem with the, the pick here. I just have a problem with what he wrote as his description. Okay. I just think it lacks a little bit of... Um, Study, mm-hmm. research, sure. A little lazy analysis here. So he says, I'm following my coworkers and slotting in a quarterback to the Broncos. Why? This might be their only chance to add a high ceiling. Oh, boy. Whenever they start talking about high ceilings, I start to get nervous. High ceiling signal caller prospect this offseason and not mortgage their future to do it. They have a void on the depth chart. They don't have the cap space to try to add a veteran. See, that's just wrong. That, I'm, I'm sorry. I got I to stop right there. That's wrong. Right. They actually will have the cap space to go out and sign a veteran quarterback if they want to. False. Uh, then he says, moving up from 12 might require a future first rounder that would hamper them down the road. So why not take a shot on McCarthy? He said, look, this would be a reach by my rankings. But I could see why a team in the top 15 would talk itself into McCarthy. He has an intriguing skill set as a passer. He will test extremely well during combine workouts and impress coaches and front office execs in interviews. He wasn't asked to carry the Wolverines with his arm the past two seasons, but that doesn't mean he couldn't do it. Sure, McCarthy needs some refinement, but Sean Payne could get the best out of him in Denver. Boy, that is a tepid endorsement right there. So to wow people with athleticism and arm talent, the combine. I mean that just that description of why the Broncos would take him at twelve overall flies in the face of everything Sean Payton said yesterday in his in his podium speech or his questions How and so? answers. How so? We know what we're looking at. 
We're not dumb like other teams. We're not just going to take one for the sake of taking one. We're not like all those, like all those that. You mean this? Sometimes it's not as difficult as we make it out to be. And then sometimes, listen, it's very difficult. And so um, I think think we'll be really good at this. Um, And I think to some degree, we're glad that a lot of people aren't. I see what you're saying. Does that it, sound like a guy who's going to be it, like chasing a quarterback? I just need one. I just got to have one. I like that right here. This is this even is, even Mel saying right, that this, this is, would be a reach by his rank. Right. He would have JJ McCarthy rank lower. This is classic what bad teams and bad organizations do. It's what so many here in Denver want the Broncos to do. It's what so many people that cover this stuff on a on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever basis, they'll believe it. Just take one. Any doesn't matter which one, you just gotta take one. Anyone. Because they're all gonna pan out. Every one of them. As long as they're in the first round. Doesn't matter. You better fall in love with a guy and you better fall in love with the intangible aspects of a guy, not the tangible aspects. This is just says this just says, hey, the Broncos and Sean Payton are stupid. They don't really know what they're looking for, but he's gonna wow them with some athleticism, therefore they'll take him. And and there's a lot of phrases and buzzwords in here that just make me nervous and explains why so many of these first round quarterbacks bust because you're you're there's just look, add a high ceiling signal caller, why not take a shot? An intriguing skill set. Just because he didn't doesn't mean he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, he needs some refinement, but uh, this, see, this is the kind populated of populated with idiots. This is the kind of stuff. This is the uh, this is the bus stop is full, 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 full of failed draft picks, quarterbacks. That were that were written up exactly the same way Mel Kiper did just here. So anyway, it's uh, one mock. Mel will put about five more of these out, and I I hope they're a little bit better researched uh, by the time he gets to six and seven than number two. But anyway, he has JJ McCarthy going to the Broncos at number twelve, uh, and by his words too said that'd be higher than I would take JJ McCarthy, but. He has the Broncos and Sean Payton taking J.J. there at number 12. They did meet with J.J. McCarthy last night. They're meeting today with Bo Nix and Michael Penix. But up next is everything in place that Broncos country should demand this of the Broncos this offseason. That's next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is just that you're so... You're so... Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. Based on what we heard yesterday from the Paytons, George and Sean, 
Is uh, Broncos country in a position to demand great things out of this organization this offseason? Like you have you have George you have George Payton yesterday saying that hey it it we are light years ahead of where we were a year ago a year ago Sean had just basically gotten hired we were still putting together the coaching staff we we're still trying to kind of get on the same page with you know what Sean likes what Sean wants all that kind of stuff but now here we are a year later all the pieces are are still in place we've got continuity we have hit the ground running for this offseason. And now that we find out that the fear mongers were wrong and that the Broncos will not be severely hamstrung in putting together a football team. In fact, they'll actually have uh, cap space available to go out and improve this football team. Then are we in a position to demand a big offseason from the Broncos? And what does that what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, demand a big. Yeah, I think we're in a position to demand a big offseason. As you know, there's a lot of teams that win the offseason that don't do squat during the regular season. But you've got to win. Like You've got to win with the players you take. You've got to find guys that can play. And you've got to find guys that produce right away. And let's face it, last year, you know, the draft nicks, the gurus, the whatever you want to say, you know, rated the Broncos as the worst draft in football. Now, I think they only had five picks and... Um, but Mims went to the Pro Bowl as a returner. Mims looks like he could be, you know, a, a legitimate ex wide receiver, legitimate kind of go to guy. Like he could develop into that. We didn't get to see Riley Moss play. What we saw of Drew Sanders was a guy that felt like he was out of position a lot. But certainly the athleticism was there. There's no question about that. How much better will he be in his second year when the game slows down for him a little bit? And especially if, you know, you thought he was going to play inside and he played edge and then he played back at inside and then and flipped around. Like it's hard to do. It's hard to have all those multiple responsibilities as a player. You know, so there was a, a draft of the safety that was they, – they, they drafted a bunch of guys that had injury issues and, and, you know, didn't really play. So the Skinner kid, right? Yep. They liked him. He's big. He's rangy. But he was hurt. So, yeah, that, that grade, you, you can grade it poorly, I, I suppose, because they didn't get a lot of production out of that. But, um, you know, I don't think you you can fully assess what that draft truly was until, you know, you give it another year or two. Um, but that said, you have got to be able to find guys that can come in and play right away and play good right away. And be, you know, become guys you you feel like you can hang your hat on. You've got to have like that Rams draft last year that didn't have a first rounder, but hit on their second rounder starting guard Avila that that played the whole season. Uh, Pukunakua as a fifth rounder starter and played the whole season with the Pro Bowl. You know, you've got to have guys that hit. I think it's well within Bronco country's rights to just expect this off season to be. An A off season, great off season A, uh, because there there are no excuses. There are none. Uh, I, I'm somebody that stands with Sean, but it, it's time starting now for Sean to live up to his reputation. It's time for Sean to live up to his paycheck. It's time for Sean to uh, 
bear fruit for everything they gave right. up to bring him here. It's time for George Payton, if he's going to be still here after making some really questionable decisions, then you, you, you've you got to go out and show why you're still worth keeping here. So I, I everything is in place. There are no excuses. Right. There are no excuses. The coaching staff isn't changed. Everybody's back, by and large. Uh, the front office, they've had a full year. There, There's no newness, okay? Everything is in place. So there are no excuses. Sean needs to go out, and I think we absolutely should hold him to this. He needs to find a solution at quarterback this offseason. And it has to hit, especially when he comes out yesterday and says, oh, yeah, we're smarter than everybody else. Yeah. And I'm counting on that. And free agency, they should have a better idea about free agency. Uh, I actually don't have a problem with them coming out and saying that they're not going to be big players on, on, on the first wave of free agency. Fine. This is where I count on you, Sean Payton and George Payton, to go out and find those diamonds in the rough. Find those ascending players who right. are ready to prosper and bring them here. I, and then yeah. same thing with the draft. I want you to manipulate the draft. I want you to work the draft. I want you to to uh, move up and, 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 and nail a player. I want you to move back, gain more picks, and this just make and nail shrewd, two players and made and shrewd pick after shrewd sure. pick. I think what I think not excuses, but it's it's fair. It's reasons. What George Payton said about we have continuity now. Now I have a feel for what Sean wants. We know what we want at each position. We have continuity in the coaching staff. We've got an idea of you know like last year was, you know last year was bailing wire and twine trying to figure it out. This year they have a plan. And I had mentioned earlier in the show that the Rams less need and that their general manager and their and their head coach Sean McVay didn't even go to the combine. And an interesting conversation and this is what needs to happen if you're smarter than everybody else and this is what needs to happen. It was Sean McVay and um and Lesney talking about Pukunakua before they drafted him. And this is what he this is what Sean McVay said about the wide receiver that he needs. I need a guy that's going to be where he's supposed to be. One of my big complaints about Jerry Judy. Are you running routes to get other people open? When you're not the primary, are you going to be where you're supposed to be so you can influence the defense so they can't cover two guys with one dude? Make a guy commit so that we can throw off that. Are you going to be where you want to, where, where you need to be? Can you stay grounded through the catch with aggressive hands? Meaning, can you catch the ball, not jump up in the air, but can you catch it? Can you go attack the ball, keep your feet on the ground so that you can move and get run after the catch? Can you be an extension of the run game? The importance for my wide receiver to be an extension of the run game. Can you dig out support in the run game? Meaning, if you're asked to push crack and go down and get a safety, you know, on the outside, can you get that done and dig a safety out? Can you motion into the backfield on duo and have that eighth defender that's down in the box, that safety that's rotated down? Can you motion back in and, and cut through the line of scrimmage and be a lead blocker? Can you do those things? That's what I need, and that's what he said. This is what this guy can do. That's why I want him. And guess what? 100% correct on all, you know, all that stuff. That's what we need. We need that kind of intelligence, that kind of process, 
to go out there and get that receiver. For a guy that was taken in what round? Fifth, Fifth round. Fifth round. All pro. So, yeah. Be better than everybody else. Be smarter than everybody else. Prove it this offseason. It's what we've done on this show for how many years now? Going on eight, right? Eight years. Eight years. Just better than you guys. That's right. Wolfpack. Coming up next, uh, do the Nuggets have a score to settle? You wouldn't think that the defending champs have many scores to settle, but in this case, they do. We'll tell you why next. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Andrew Mason joins us in about a half hour from the Combine. Get his observations on what he has uh, seen and heard so far, especially after hanging out with uh, Sean and George Payton yesterday. Can I be honest with you, Mark? Can we get into the truth tree here? Yes, please. Uh, When it comes to this Nuggets regular season, uh, I just really want to hurry up and just get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I look at this 82-game Schedule is just one big grind to yeah. get through. Yeah. A lot of these matchups just are play the game, move on, stay healthy. But there are a few games on this schedule that, that come along, that that pop up, that you look at, that I look at and say, hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. This one I'm kind of intrigued by. This one I'm a little bit, uh, I'm interested in. Tonight's one of those games. Sacramento, a, a team that is is trying very hard, looking at the Nuggets as their their model to follow. Sure. To try to climb into that upper echelon of NBA teams. And they've certainly made their point so far as they're 3-0 against the Nuggets. And they play each other tonight in Denver, the final game of the regular season series. And it's one that the uh, Nuggets say that uh, they're ready for, especially Michael Malone. Worried about Sacramento, to be quite honest. Again, they've beaten us three times. Uh, in fact, they've, they've kicked our ass three times. We were up 16 last game at home. Uh, and we, 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 we let them come back, and De'Aaron Fox took over. But if you look at the three head-to-head matchups, they're scoring 120. They're uh, almost 60 in the paint. They're making over 14 threes a night. So we're literally giving them everything. So I'm not even worried about Miami right now. We'll have our hands full with the Kings tomorrow night. Yeah, more from Malone. We've given up transition. We've given up the paint, and we've given up the three-point line. You're not going to beat a team when you give up scoring at every level possible. So we have to do a much better job of being aware of their three-point shooting, not turning it over and fueling their break, which has a lot to do with them beating us three times this year. And it requires this tremendous multiple effort because the ball moves the entirety of the shot clock and the entirety of the 48 minutes. Adding, by adding, the way, okay, okay. there's just no better press conference yeah, than right, in the gym with yeah. the balls bouncing yeah. because you just got a visual. I know. It just gives you an automatic visual. Like when a guy's standing at the podium, you don't have necessarily the visual of right. it. With that, you have a visual. Right. Mix in a little bit of sneakers squeaking yes. on the floor, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, and then it's perfect. Perfect. Right. Yeah, that's one, of the, that's one of the great sounds in sports. The squeaky tennies on the court. Yes. You know where you are. Yeah. That, the grunting in tennis. <laughs> Which is out of control, but okay, right. I got you. Okay, that, yeah. grunting in tennis. The sound of, of hitting a golf ball pure. Like when they're on the tee box mm. and they've got the little mics right there. Yes. And it's just, oh. Man. 
man, do I miss. That's a great I sound. miss big time golf here in Colorado. We used to have the uh, international down mm-hmm. at Castle Park. God, that was the best. Biggest names in golf would come through. And let me tell you, those guys are just. They're ridiculous. <laughs> they're ridiculous. They're not human. The they way they are hit not a golf ball, it's just not human. It's just not right. Right. And some of them are just like the the, the uh, frailest, skinniest, scrawniest looking yeah. dudes. They're all like five foot nine and 160, and they're just yeah smoking it. That's that's what they make like Rory McIlroy. Right. They make him look like when they put him on, they, they make him look big. Right. I thought Rory was like, well, that's a big man. Yeah. And then I like stood by him. He's 5'8 and 160 pounds. Well, they make Brooks Kepka out to be like, well, he's like a linebacker playing golf. I mean, he's a regular dude. Right. He's a regular, yeah, regular sized dude. Six foot, 185 right. or something. Right. Exactly. But yeah, they act like he played at Texas. He's like 6'7 or something out there. Come on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're. That if you can get, you don't get them a lot, but the occasional rinkside interview, and you hear the, you hear the skates slashing mm. in the background, and even mm. better, the pucks hitting the, ting the boards and the yeah. glass and the and the and the goalposts. Yeah, yeah. When they hit the goalposts, is a good sound. Ting. They had a goalpost goal last night. Bounced off the goalpost. Into the net. <laughs> that is a good sound. Uh, so, Contavious Caldwell Pope echoing what uh, Michael Malone had to say. It's always important. You don't want to get swept by a team in the regular season uh, and a special team that you might could face in the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, for us, uh, tomorrow, you know, we just got to come in and be aggressive uh, and play our basketball. You know, uh, just get out and transition when we can. We got to rebound the ball, like I said earlier, and we got to be able to stop them in transition. So in a season in which I just wanted to hurry up and be over, this is this, this is, is one where I'm actually going to this is one where I'm yeah. actually going to be like, hey, I'm in no hurry. I just want to sit down and watch this one. This is going to be fun because Sacramento comes in here. Um, you you know they'll have a point to to make, a point mm-hmm. to prove. They mm-hmm. would love to sweep the defending champs. They didn't play last night, so there's no bogus back to back excuse or anything like that. You're going to get you're so gonna here get, we go. Yeah, you're going to get all your nuggets on this one too. I mean, the bilateral tibias are probably well iced, mm-hmm. ready to go. Now, mm-hmm. tomorrow you probably won't see Jamal Murray. It's a great question because they got the back-to-back with the heat with the in heat. town tomorrow. I say you get everybody's, you get everybody, and then you, I think tomorrow night you probably don't get Murray. But I think this is one that, that the Nuggets look at like, hey, man, like you heard Michael Malone. He talked, oh, that was all different. Like that was all about our defense. Like mm-hmm. we've given up the three point game, we've given up the transition game, we've given up the point that you know sixty percent the, in the paint game. Like you're not going to win any game playing that way. So that was one of his statements to them. We're going to play defense. We're going to win this game. And this is almost one of those situations in my mind where you're saying we want to make sure they there is no seed of hope in their mind when they face us in the playoffs. If we get them. In the playoffs, I want them to remember that have this beatdown we're about to put on them has a lasting memory come playoff time. Uh, thanks to the textures, by the way, because I, I knew it was on the calendar. I didn't realize it was this year. This year is the uh, PGA BMW Championship, part of the playoffs at the end of the year. Oh, okay. It's going to be held at Castle Pines. So you'll get... Uh, You'll get the guys who, throughout the course of the the long PGA season, mm-hmm. uh, were the best of the best and, and uh, advanced to the playoffs and make 
make the cuts as the different hmm. playoff events are played until you culminate with the tour championship. So this this will not only be um, what time of high year? profile golf, but it's going to be um, what time of year is that? August, August, August twentieth through the twenty fifth. Fantastic! That is great. No, no, no BS. If you if you are a golf fan, try to get out to this because the the course is beautiful and um, this these will be the best golfers in the in the well on the PGA tour. No it's, no live guys. It's amazing to watch those dudes play. It's ridiculous. You know what always ridiculous. You know what impressed me. So I followed I followed like Ricky Fowler and a couple guys, um, and. One of the things that was really kind of eye-opening to me is is their kind of 100-yard-out pitch game. And one of the things that was really cool about how they would choke down on clubs and how they would hit it, not high, they hit it fairly shallow and beyond the pin and spin it back because they could put more spin on it. And it, there was not a lot of high, up-in-the-air shots, you know, like, us amateurs hit. Yeah. They watch it come down. Like, wow, that was a great one. They're like low. The trajectory is a lot lower. And like I said, they they put it ten yards beyond or or ten feet, twelve feet beyond the pin and spin it back toward the pin. It was really cool to watch how they work that shot. So that's great. I'm glad, and and it'll bring back a lot of memories because we used to, um, we used to really. In fact, one time we had one year we had the uh, we were doing the radio. Gripping, gripping stuff, by the oh, way. Oh, I'm sure. We were doing the radio play-by-play uh, -play -play coverage of the final round of the International. So we had it all set up. We had, we had. Uh, I think Sandy Clough was hosting, was like the, mm -hmm. he was doing the studio stuff, everything right, right there at, at in the in the clubhouse. Yeah. And then we had people out on the, all around the golf course doing reports. Uh, so it would be literally like, all right, let's go to 14. And, yeah. uh, you know, so-and-so. So I was out on the course, and I, I think, I don't remember what hole I was at, but, um, <laughs> so I'm. I had great access. I'm like I could go anywhere, and Davis Love the Third was in the bunker. Mm -hmm. He had a sand shot that he was getting ready for. Okay, and they throw to me like let's go to uh, you know 16 or something or where uh, Davis Love is in trouble. Here's Mike Evans. So I'm 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 down there and I'm like all right, well guys, uh, Davis, I'm doing the great, I'm doing the classic right. golf commentator on the course uh, voice. I'm like, well, Davis is uh, in the in the. Uh, in the bunker, it's a, it looks like it's got a good lie. Uh -huh. He's got about uh, eight yards of carry before he hits the green, and this uh, should be a shot he should be able to execute. And I get done talking, and and Davis Love is in the sand trap, and he stops, and he uh, looks back at me. He goes, "Are you done?" <laughs> <laughs> he had a big smile on his face, but he, goes, <laughs> he says, "He said, he said, he said, are you done?" I, and I just got. I mean, can you imagine this head getting beat red? Right. I mean, it's like Mars. I'm, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just like, wondering. What I was like, uh, yes, go ahead, Mr. Love. <laughs> I was just wondering what caught his attention first. You, you whispering back to the you know, back to the station, or if he caught the glimpse of the head first. And he's like, look at the size of that guy. And then all of a sudden you start whispering, and then it, the whole thing went, are you done? That's funny. It was funny. He's just like, are you done? Big smile on his face. And then, of course, he proceeded to just hit a beautiful sand shot, like spun it back to within two feet. I'm like, mm -hmm. you guys are ridiculous. Uh, so good stuff. All right. So major golf coming uh, to uh, Colorado later this summer. Get your tickets. It's going uh, to be fun. So good, good stuff there. Up 
Next, we'll um, have Andrew Mason join us coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. But are we getting a clear idea of what Sean Payton wants from a quarterback and even more why it didn't work out with Russ? That's next.